Hello and welcome to Off The Shelf Reviews. I'm really hoping evil dies tonight. That's for you, Matt. And I'm Gary. And today we're going to review and discuss Halloween Kills, which released in 2021. Written by Scott Teams, Danny McBride and David Gordon Green and directed by David Gordon Green. Ian, why don't you give us the synopsis? Well, carrying on from Halloween 2018, we follow Laurie and her family who have just escaped their home after trying to destroy it with Michael Myers inside. Laurie has been taken to a hospital to recover from her wounds and we are informed that Michael has escaped and is making his way to find Laurie. Goblins will get you if you don't watch out. They take you and shake you until you shout. Stop. So I watched this uh, in the cinema, mm -hmm. like, like I did Halloween 2018. Yep. I was kind of okay with 2018. I I was disappointed that it didn't definitively end the Michael Laurie storyline. Mm, and yeah. that it was then announced that it was going to be not one, but two sequels to this one. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know if that was what was originally intended to have three movies, but what we got what I felt that we got with the second movie was nothing but padding. Like a middle movie that mm. had no real story to tell whilst it waited and saved all the stuff that they were going to do into a third movie instead. Yeah. And uh, and of course, there was all kinds of production delays with, with these Halloween films being filmed, you know, during the pandemic as well. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I, I just... I don't think I have any love left for this franchise as we get to this 12th Halloween movie. <laughs> you know? I was all ready to rant, and then you said you've lost all that love. And my, immediately, my mind flashed back to the previous reviews we've done. Lo to the previous reviews we've done. Love hurts, man. Love hurts. Love kills. Love just... Love hurts. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm 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 holding back so much rage for this movie, and it hurts because I followed this franchise um, for for forty years. For forty years. <laughs> forty years ago, I absolutely, wholeheartedly unapologetically love the first Halloween movie and the second movie, which is technically not a John Carpenter's movie, but still carries on a John Carpenter's storyline. And that's it. Michael dies. He dies. The end of that motherfucking movie. Okay. I know there's like eight more movies, but they're not as good. They're not well written. And coming off the back of Halloween 2018. Yeah, I was, I was, you know, beer goggled. I was like, oh, Michael Myers on screen again. I want to see what happens. And, and I didn't go and see it in the cinema because, <laughs> no, I waited until it came out on DVD and waited to watch it at home. And I, I watched it and I enjoyed it and I had issues with it. And I was just like, ah, she got him in the basement. She set fire to him. He's dead. And then some fucker came along and went, ah, have you seen the new trailer, man? He's coming out of the fire and kills all those firemen. I'm like, why? Why are you bringing him back? And it's like what you said, they're, they're aiming for a trilogy. They're like, I kind of liked the idea that three films would span the course of one night, okay? But it makes no fucking sense, okay? It makes no fucking sense. If we are following this, this timeline off of Halloween 1 and we're ignoring Halloween 2, from 1981 and Halloween 3, which is obviously not connected to anyone. Four, five, six, seven, H2O and Resurrection. We are literally just going from Halloween, John Carpenter's, to, to Halloween Kills, right? Michael was killed what? In including both films, he's killed what? Seven people? And then Halloween 2018, he killed her friend. Uh, he killed the boy and the dad. He um, killed a lot in that one. Yeah, but how many, like... Like, 20? He didn't kill 20, did he? He killed, like, 5 or or, or maybe just possibly 10. So, so Michael's not got much of a killing spree at this moment. He's been locked up, incarcerated. And so we flash, the begin this movie, to a flashback. We've got a young deputy Frank Hawkins running around the streets of Haddonfield on Halloween one's night. You know, he's trying to... It's, he, he, he's trying to find, you know, where Michael has gone. And we've also been into cutting with... with 
with Cameron from the first movie, the boyfriend from the first movie, he's found Deputy Hawkins' body after he was stabbed. And run over, I think. Yeah, and run over <laughs> by by the doctor. And and I partially blame that on the fans. I think the fans liked him so much they were like, "Oh, we're we're upset he's died." Dead. Well, I, I also really like Will Patton as a as an actor. I but just... even the actor was like, "I'm pretty sure I was dead in the last yeah. movie." <laughs> he <was> like, <laughs> you, you were, mate. <laughs> like the start of this movie, he's bleeding profusely from his neck. And Cameron's like, "Help! Help!" and and. The sheriff, the Hawkins is lying there going, he has to die. He has to. I'm like, dude, you're dying. You keep fucking talking <laughs> like that. You're going to die. But like I said, it flashes flashbacks to the first movie. Michael is just being. Well, it, it flashes back to the events in the first movie. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. And it's also. But what I, I really do like how they've managed to capture what looks like a John Carpenter. Oh, you yeah. Know, visual. Set. Uh, yeah, and it's also, it's also the fact that this film is shot digitally, whereas Carpenter's was shot on film. Mm -hmm. And whatever filter they used to give this digital effect, that film grain look, I think is some of the best I've ever seen in a film that was digital that made made to look like film. Oh, I yeah. think it's seamless. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, that's on the technical side. Yet that's not going into actually what they've decided to put in the frame. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it looks nice. And I, like, I remember speaking to a friend. He was like, dude, you have to tell me, is that in the first and second movie i'm like no, no but it looks really good but it's all set up to set him up yes exactly well, yeah that's it they're, they're now setting up this 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 sheriff character as the as the the primary character of the film like yeah you like we find out that he had the opportunity to shoot michael in the back of the head and uh or no loomis, loomis was going to shoot yeah. and 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 uh, and hawkins stops him and says no you can't kill him he's done we can just arrest him now yeah he's somebody's little boy I also want to bring up, uh, obviously, Donald Pleasant's uh, rest in peace. Yeah, yeah. Late, many years ago. Yeah. They got the construction coordinator, Tom Jones, uh, who also just happens to look like Donald Pleasant. Nice. Put a little bit of makeup on him, and, and it was complete. So it's not deep faked. It's not CGI. No. That's it's, just a dude in makeup that looks like him. And then somebody else dubbing the lines. And, and I was like, it is such an effective illusion. It's probably one of the most effective replacements I think I've seen. Oh, totally. And and I did really like that bit. But it's, it's so fucking stupid. These two cops, well, there's a group of cops. They're looking for Michael, you know. And they're like, all right, you, you cops go down there. We'll go down this road, you know. And, and, and they make their way around. And we, we start to see Lonnie. Um, the little boy who was grabbed by Michael in the very, very first movie. And he's going to be a recurring character in this movie as well. So we see him as a young boy walking and he's being bullied and he finds himself on his own. And there's Michael and Michael's walking up on this kid and he's absolutely terrified. And the cops are like, where is he? Oh, I'm going home. I'm running home. And they turn and they realize they're right outside Michael's house. So Michael's come home. Surprise. Like, like he's been doing that for like 40 fucking years. <laughs> And they go into the house. Like, they don't, like, surround the fucking house, for fuck's sake. Don't go in there. This guy is a fucking psychopath. And he will kill everyone. I have given, given, I know they don't know this. But it's the fact that you get these two cops walking in there. And one of them goes, I remember when I was a kid, my mum used to send me over there to play with Michael. And all Michael used to do is stand there and look out of his sister's window. At what? Well, somebody gives an explanation that perhaps he's looking at himself in the reflection. And for an instant, before his death, he knew. Maybe he wasn't looking out. Maybe he was looking in. At his reflection. At himself. Somebody even says he's looking at Haddonfield as well, a place where nothing exciting ever happened. Like... They don't definitively say this is why Michael stands in the window. But they keep making the point of making us know that Michael stands in the window. The cop walks in there, looks out the window. Oh, yeah, this is the window he looked out of. Oh, look, there's boot prints. So Michael stood there. And all of a sudden, Michael comes lunging out the fucking cupboard. Where nothing exciting ever happened. Lunging. I don't think I've ever seen him lunge before. Well, I mean, he's pretty spry at this point, oh, isn't he? Yeah. He's, he's not the old man that we're going to see in the sequels, so because this is like the first killing night. He camps that cop and he starts strangling them. And I'm like, all right, this is the same guy, the same night. He's lifted a teen boy like off the ground and yeah. stabbed him with a knife. And he can't take out this one cop? Well, I guess the cop is struggling more than the, than the teen did. 
Alright, I, uh, do, I do just want to bring up, though, uh, that police officer is played by Jim Cummings. Alright, okay. uh, Who was the writer, director, star of The Wolf of Snow Hollow, oh, okay. which I think is a really good film. So I was, I was, I was like, oh, it's that dude. And, well, then... Then, then he gets shot in the neck by his oh, friend, God, yeah. by Haw- Hawkins. Like, Hawkins comes in, tells him, put him down, put him down. I know his buddy's going to die, but shoot Michael in the toe? Walk right up to Michael, point blank range? Point blank range? Michael's hands are pretty occupied right, right now. Yeah. Oh, no, he fires and shoots his partner in the throat. Now, I can understand, you know, the stress of the situation. Maybe he's a rookie cop at this point. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. Not, not used to dealing with this on a daily occurrence. Oh, yeah, okay. But I'd also say it doesn't really matter because everyone in Haddonfield no longer knows how to aim and fire a gun and hit the target. Yeah, they're all terrible. And all the guns must be malfunctioning or something. I don't know. Because his his supervisor or whatever even says to him, like, Michael grabbed your partner's gun and, and, he, and he shot himself. So you give me your gun and take this one. I'm like, oh, so there's corruption as well. <laughs> all right. So once again, just like I said, we're Friday the 13th. Michael's the innocent in all this, is he? He's just... No, no, no. Michael's a fucking... But we then cut back to present day and... and We catch up with Laurie and her her daughter and granddaughter on the back of the truck driving away, literally after the events of the fast film. Yeah. And we're seeing all the fire trucks bombing down the road. Yeah. And I do love the sequence where Laurie's just like, let it burn! I love that! Just let it burn! Because that is like, that's the most she emotes in this entire film near enough. You know, she is tragically wasted in this film. Yes. And uh, yeah, the, they they race her to the hospital. And uh, now this is another thing. I'm going to cut back to the house. Yeah, but this yeah, is yeah. another thing that really annoyed me. Like I don't know. I'm not a doctor. Okay, I don't work in a freaking hospital. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure that the surgery that she would need to undertake would last more than the five minutes it takes in the film <laughs> yeah. before she before she's conscious again. Oh, I was listening to the doctor. That doctor was well good. He's like, look, you know, we're going to do all this. We're going to sort it out. She's going to be a bit sore, but tie her up and she'll be fine. You're right. <laughs> I was like, man, he good. He's he really working good. on other people. But anyway, yeah, we fire the firefighters, they go into the house, one of them manages to fall through a hole in the ground. <laughs> and of course, Michael, we find out how he survived being completely burnt alive, that he was hiding in like a, a, yeah. a security shed or he's a... stepped in a corner, yeah. watching everything burn around him. And of course, he steps out and he completely smashes in the face of this uh, firefighter. Yeah, yeah. Another firefighter is trying to help out his friend, and I like that shot of his hand going in and Michael grabbing the hand and... That's, yeah, but it's a fucking bullshit! I, like, once again, I'm not a fireman, but I'm pretty sure a fireman should not go into a fire looking for his buddy and just shout through a hole, here, grab my hand! Well, coincidentally... Right. All of the firefighters in this film are portrayed by actual firefighters. Oh, <laughs> really? But I can imagine the scriptwriters probably had their say anyway. Yeah, because <laughs> Michael kills these two firefighters and comes walking out. And like we said, visually it looks impressive. The mask is damaged, Michael is imposing, the fire behind him. Everything visually looks great. And then you've got the 15 fucking firefighters stood out front, all armed with firefighting tools. I mean, one of them's got a fucking saw, a circular saw. But these firefighters all see Michael Myers stood there. They're all like, what's that? We're all kind of scared. Now, not one of them, and like I'm only speculating here. They're firefighters. They're not trained martial artists, police officers, soldier people. But with their weapons, they look at him and go, oh, we're just going to attack him. <laughs> I mean, given Michael walks up and attacks them first, because one of them sprays him with a hose. Oh, oh, exactly. It's why? A- all that equipment they're wearing is... A hindrance for them. It's great in a fire. Yes, if they lured Michael back into the fire and fought him, they'd have the advantage. But he's got the advantage outside. He's faster, stronger. You know, maybe not smarter. Maybe smarter because he's not fucking dead. And we get some cool kills, I suppose. He gets that circular saw and he cuts the guy in. And I'm like, alright. It's fun. And then, we, we, like I said, we cut back to Laurie. She's in the hospital. And this is what the majority of the movie is. It's cut to the hospital. Find out what Laurie and her family are doing. Cut back to the people outside dealing with Michael. Cut back to the hospital. What's Laurie up to? Guess what? Still in the fucking hospital. Back to Michael. Well, let's cut to the bar, shall we? Oh, we've, got, we've got some important characters here, Ian. You guys remember uh, Tommy? Tommy Doyle from the original movie. He was also played by Paul Rudd. In uh, one of the other sequels. Which was a good one. Which was... was, was, was not bad. 
but he has decided to bring bring uh, bring everybody down with this bar. He's like, everyone cut the music. I need to, to tell the story of what happened 40 years ago. Oh, <laughs> don't forget, he does this every year. Well, of course, yeah. That's what the barman says. We get two. We get a a, a, a black uh, male nurse and a, and his wife uh, um, as a, a as a doctor. The two of them. I don't like. I don't understand their script. She's talking about how they they must have gone to like a work orgy or something because she's annoyed that he his boss was latching on to her and he's like, I'm going to quit tomorrow. And I'm like. I kind of want to know what happened at this party more than what's going on outside. Well, at least we got some character development we, here. We do, we do. <laughs> but you're right. Fucking uh, Tommy's there on stage giving this story about how 40 years ago Michael Myers walked out, killed three teens, and and we come here every year, every year for 40 fucking years. 40 years ago. Yeah, now to this celebrate is... the fact that not only did Michael get captured, but Laurie survived. Woo, yeah! And so did uh, so did the nurse over yeah, there. Yeah. Hey, nurse. Hey, nurse. Uh, we got Lindsay over there. Hey, uh, Lindsay. Her, her role being uh, reprised by Kyle Richards, and of course Nancy Stevens playing the nurse. And uh, and uh, we've also got Lonnie as well. Now yeah. different actor playing Lonnie this time around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, these are all survivors from the first movie, mm. and now they're all friends. Yeah. Well, and, and none of them moved out of this town. Nope. And they are all haunted by these events. Oh, but they don't seem that fucking haunted. They're drinking champagne and celebrating. It's like I, I, I was, I was excited at the prospect of having what's been called legacy characters in the film, shoehorning them all into <laughs> one place in the bar and all having them be friends was just like what? That's, that's like Richard Dreyfuss going to Amity for forty years and celebrating that Quint was killed by a shark. <laughs> but we killed the shark, so wee! Going back to Halloween 2018, there's a teen who's just like, who really remembers uh, three killings that happened 40 years ago? Like, why is it like, no, like no one in this town should really, really remember? It shouldn't be that big a deal. A bit disrespectful because he was a serial killer. Yeah, I know. And so yeah, serial killers. Yeah, you have your myths and and, yeah, and whatnot, yeah. but it just feels very off and it doesn't feel like it earned this moment the, in, the, in this film the weird thing is i i feel like cameron the boyfriend from the first movie he was a fucking dick and i wanted him to die all the way through because of the way the character was portrayed and he didn't die and then they brought him back in this one and he's a lot nicer and it was and it, it was like we were supposed to just accept that you know he he's he's come to terms with his girlfriend and he, he loves her and there's actually a real serial killer going on there so he's a completely changed person now and i'm like why wasn't he just like that in the first movie wasn't wasn't why wasn't he just more of a listener i'd have cared more for him because when it gets to his point in this movie i don't care um but the 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 nurse and and the doctor who were a bit upset that Lonnie and his buddies were all having uh, fun are now all buddies with them because hey we all live in Haddonfield yeah we all both ride you know raise a drink and salute that Michael's been defeated and then the police officer well you got the the uh, the cowboy hat wearing sheriff which seems a bit over the top turn up with all the other cops at the at uh, the the um, Laurie house and they find all the body parts Michael's really done a number on all these fireman for whatever reason um and two minutes later like it's pinging on everybody's phone it's all over the news it's like <laughs> bing 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 and everyone's like oh my god you see this laurie's house is on fire it must have been him laurie's in hospital oh my god so the nurse and the doctor they're like well well we're gonna leave and as they go out we we see on the news as well that uh, that two mental patients escaped from from the the bus crash one of them being michael obviously and the other one being this weird old man and the the nurse and the doctor go outside and they she sees somebody inside her car. You can see it with the steam. Yeah. Kind of like Halloween 1, which is really kind of cool. Um, and she leaps out. She runs into the bar and she's like, oh my God, Michael's out in my car, everybody. Michael's out in my car. I'm absolutely terrified. I'm like, if Michael was in your car, <laughs> you'd be dead. <laughs> but everyone's like, oh, well, we're, well, we're going to fucking mob him now. And so Tommy goes up and he grabs the big bat from behind the bar, you know, and, and that's the shot you're going to have of Anthony Michael Hall, Tommy Doyle throughout this movie is him just holding that baseball bat, trying to look hard. And I'm like, I'm not like it's Michael Myers. It's like trying to take on Jason Voice with a fucking wet sponge. He's going to take that baseball bat and shove it up your ass, turn you into a popsicle. And, and they walk outside, don't they? And, and, oh, I saw Michael. He looked directly into my eyes. What did he do? He got out the back seat and gone in the front. 
<laughs> turned on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> and then drives off. And then drives Bye, Michael. Off. Bye, Michael. And he crashes it around the corner. <laughs> <laughs> like, I love the fact that Tommy walks up to the car like, wakey, wakey, Michael, and smashes the lights. I'm like, dude, you do realise this is the same guy that you were talking about who was a homicidal maniac attacked you four years ago. You were just trying to take him out in a car? Yeah. Yeah. Why not, get a, why not get a knife and pop the tires while he's sat in it? Yeah, so he can't drive anywhere. Or get easily, anyway. Yeah, and so now that now that Michael's on the loose, this is where Tommy prepares the mob. Yeah. We need a justice mob, an angry mob now, to search Haddonfield and hunt Michael down. I have one question, though, before we continue. Oh. When the nurse and the doctor walked out into the car park, she purposely hit the beeper on her car that unlocks it. Yeah. And he was already in the car. Don't even know how that's possible. I don't. But yeah, Tommy has gone to the hospital and he's, he's, he's come across, obviously, uh, Laurie and her family. Judy Greer played uh, Karen Nelson. You know, she's all right actress i think she's really good yeah I, but i you can really tell like when you've got a good actor or an actress you can really tell when they've got nothing to work with and they are doing as much as they can with what they've got like like her going in there and she's washing the blood off her hands i did and like, the ring the, like the, the, husband. the ring yeah. and i was just like oh shit yeah she lost the husband in the first movie you know and so she's coming to terms with that and then trying to deal with her mother who obviously is uh, you know, she's come to realise that her mother was telling the truth, Michael was real, and that they've got to protect her, blah, 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 blah. But there's just not enough for her. Like, she stood outside her room just screaming at staff, and there's no security guards! There's no security guards! I'm like, alright, calm down, Karen. Calm down, Karen. There's obviously no security guards here. I mean, we've got old fucking retired Sheriff Brackett uh, yeah. as the security guard. But like Gary said, that's literally the filmmakers going, let's just shoot on in another character, shall we? Oh, of course, of course. And um, yeah, so the police have turned up and they've spoken to Karen. They've spoken to Alison. They're not telling Laurie because Laurie's still in surgery um, that Michael's still alive. And so... Karen gives Alison shit and says, no, you've got to stay here and take care of your grandmother because there's a psychopathic killer out there who's trying to kill us or kill her. And Alison's like, okay, mum, I'm going to go with Karen. Yeah, and she ends up, yeah, sneaks out. She sneaks out of the hospital, doesn't she, and meets up with them oh, yeah. and decide that they're going on the hunt for Michael. And we then catch up with this uh, this drone that's just flying around in this room. Like, oh. What's going on here? Oh, yeah. oh, it's an old couple and she's yeah. got a drone. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe that'll pay off later. And the drone ends up flying into uh, the the cupboard or the oh, it's uh, a bath it's a bathroom. Bathroom. bathroom it's a bathroom and uh, and then it gets thrown back out and the old dude's like what the hell was that yeah I best go and investigate oh yeah. it's Michael oh no who designed this fucking house because the guy goes there's a giant man in our bathroom <laughs> as Michael smashes the light and he closes the door but right next to the door there's a window looking into the bathroom. And I had to rewind it just to check because, um, and then, yeah, there's a, there's a window there because he turns to Sandra and he says, Sandra, run, there's an old man, uh, there's a crazy man in our bathroom. And as he walks past the window, that Michael grabs him through and the window through it, yeah. and pulls him through it and jams his neck onto a piece of glass. Now, once again, I'm not a housing architect and I don't know exactly how houses are made, but just having a window in the middle of a wall looking into a bathroom seems really ill place unless like you're into that. But he's like, run Sandra! Blah, he's pissing blood <laughs> out of his neck. And she panics opening the door. She doesn't quite get to it quick enough. And Michael looks around and he's like, oh, I think I'll just grab that fluorescent light right there. And yeah. Smash it. And I think I'll just leave it there in your neck. Jam it in your neck. Oh, I might twist it a little. Just twist it a little bit. And then I'm going to leave you there to bleed out whilst I go back to your husband, who is still also bleeding out. Throw him over the kitchen counter and then just start helping myself to the kitchen knives. There's this one. No. Let me Why? try this one. I'm going to try this knife. No, I'm going to try another one. Why? <laughs> Why did he do that? Why do you think he did it? Because somebody in the writing fucking department went, we need more gore in this. So if we have him just constantly stab this man in the back, it will look good. For me, it... Uh, now, from what I've gathered, they were in the writer's room. They were trying to figure out ways to uh, give Michael just a little bit more something to do. They said they wanted to honour the rules set up but they also wanted to give him some character now for me michael is the protagonist of this film he doesn't need it 
and I, I just think it, it is, it is comical. I remember laughing in the yeah. theater, and when he's just like testing knives to find out which one works the best, gives him the best stab. I don't know which one punctures the smoothest, which one's the easiest to pull back out. Well, obviously he's gonna go for the largest one. He does it every time. But yeah, it's it's because we just get an, it's always when we get extended shots of Michael who's just looking quizzical or confused. It's it's just it's just it's so stupid, so stupid. <laughs> like I I thought it was stupid as well. Um, you got that bit in the hospital where um Karen goes to check on her husband's body and she walks in there. And you got the old man in the morgue. You can't be in here. And she gets pulled out. I'm like, what was the point in that? Yeah, that was absolutely pointless. It was absolutely pointless. It, it, <laughs> it did nothing. Like, does he work there? Is he is he seeing his wife's body? Because I'm pretty sure that's his wife's body. I, I don't know. You can't be in here! Ma'am, your mother's out of surgery. It looks like she's stable. So, Lonnie um, has gotten a hold of a bunch of guns, um, illegally, I think, um, and he's armed up a bunch of the people um, to go out and searching for Michael because it's such a great idea. They've even told the cops, fuck you, your department's done shit, so we're literally just going to go out there as a mob, vigilante mob, and we're going to face him ourselves. And I'm trying to remember, Halloween, in the first Halloween, had Alison had any gun training? I don't think so. Not that right. I have. So immediately she picks up the shotgun and goes, this is mine. Yeah. Michael Myers has haunted this town for 40 years. But tonight we hunt him down. Um, and so Lonnie and Cameron and Alison all get into the car and they all go driving off. And you've got uh, Marion and Lindsay and the nurse and the doctor jumping in a car and they go driving off. And Tommy is jumping in a car and he's driving around the, the, the town, the city. How big is Haddonfield? I don't know. It was filmed during a pandemic. It's got two streets. It's got 20 streets. I, I don't know. He's literally just stopping at strangers going, hey, you live here? Yeah, we need your help to kill Michael Myers. Oh, okay. Um, and we cut to Big John, Little John. Now, I'm going to put this out there right now. I have no issues with anybody's sexual preferences. I have no issues with how you want to live your lives or how you want to have your relationships. It is completely up to you as long as you are not harming anybody or yourself. Everything is absolutely fine. Putting two gay characters into a Halloween movie, I have no issue with. What I fucking have issue with is how you fucking wrote those two fucking characters. You called one of them Big John and the other one Little John. I didn't get their last names. I did not get their last names at all. They even call themselves it in the scenes. Hey, Big John. What up, Little John? Nobody does that. Nobody. Like, I don't know all gay relationships. I don't know all people fucking called fucking Big John, Little John, but I just don't fucking know what the fucking point of it was. Other than, other than, sorry, sorry. Other than, I felt while I was watching this one the uh, first time and, and majorly more the second time, I've only watched it twice. That's the fucking scary thing. I've only ever watched this film twice. Is that... Somebody somewhere went, look, the world's going through a transitional period at the moment. We need to tick every single box out there to make every single every single person happy. We need young characters, gay characters, old characters. We need we need to kill as many white people as we can. We need to we need to just make we need to make Michael look great, but at the same time look like a fucking idiot in front of everybody else. We need to just tick all these boxes for the sake that somebody drew a box and we're gonna tick it. <laughs> There was just no point to these two characters. No, there's. The, I mean, the only thing that the big little John establish is that they reside and live in Michael Myers's old house. Oh wow, great! So you're fucking dead. So, because yeah, we have their interactions <laughs> with the trick or treaters that trick them into thinking one of them swallowed a uh, you know a razor, razor in the sweets. And uh, so, yeah, it's basically just setting that up. And so eventually when they do get let out of the house, then there's knocking on the back door. Then there's knocking on the front door. Oh, did you lock the back door? Oh, no, I didn't. Now it's open. Oh, no, there might be someone in the house. Let's have a wonder. And oh, there he is. And I will say this eye gouging scene I thought was pretty damn horrific, really gory. Watching the eyes pop out and roll down the cheeks. I was like, that's horrific. Yeah, that was really, really effective. Pointless, though. Well, pointless. It's just another, another, another kill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but I mean, it's pointless because he, 
you know, we, we've been building Michael up and, and we've already had him kill because we see the three kids messing with Big John and Little John at the house. Yeah. And then we see them at the park with Marion and all that. And one of their friends, a boy, one of the boyfriends has, has been killed. Michael is, oh, we're playing, we're playing hide and seek with a scary man in a white mask. <laughs> he keeps popping out he keeps and disappearing popping out. again. We don't know where our friend is. Oh, is that his mask? Oh, we better run home. Are these, are these the only fucking kids in Haddonfield on Halloween night? Well, like, I, I, I can imagine that they did say that it's pretty late now, so any kind of self-respecting adult would have had their kids hidden by now. Right, right. Um, but yeah, these kids, three. I guess, yeah. Just, these are the only three kids. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's, 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 other than the fucking mob that we get at the hospital later on, there is no basis for a population in Haddonfield. There's no basis of a population. We've got these three kids, and the film goes, oh yeah, all the other kids are in home. What's stopping Michael from just walking through their homes and murdering them? You know, oh, oh, but we got to be we got to be scared for these three kids out here. But they've already been established as little shits, so I don't care for them after what they did with Big John, Little John. Marion turns up in her car. Lindsay goes over to talk to them. Why didn't they all get out of the car and walk over? Why did they park so far away? Why didn't they get closer? Because it's a horror movie, and the best thing to do is to split up and we'll cover more ground that oh, way. Oh yes, yes, yes. Sorry, my mistake. <laughs> But Michael steps out of the bush, Marion sees him, gets absolutely terrified, and it's technically just a reenactment of the sequence from the first movie. It is, yeah. You know? And he he smashes the window and he grabs Marion and she goes to shoot him, but the gun's got no bullets. Well, she shoots plenty of times through oh, the Oh, that's of the right, car, that's yeah. right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then she's such a fucking idiot, she doesn't count how many bullets she's got. It's like the lady in the back who says to her boyfriend, like, do you even know how to use that desert ego? And he's like, no. She's like, give it here. I know, I've had some training. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, he also gets killed. He gets stabbed right through the face. Well, that's it, yeah. Michael comes to the car, climbs inside with Marion, repeatedly stabs her. Yeah. Fucking goes, to, you know, the, the, the doctor tries to strangle Michael with a stethoscope. <laughs> Which, yeah, doesn't work. And Michael just stabs him in the eye. And so his missus comes along with the Des Eagle firing at Michael. And she fires like six shots, misses every single one. Until Michael, in what has to be one of the most stupidest fucking kills I've seen Michael perform at all. And I sat through five, six, and seven. And, and Zero and fight fucking Buster Rhymes. He kicks a car door and knocks the gun into her jaw. <laughs> Does that even count as Michael killing her, or was it an accident? It's his face, it's Michael's just like, oh, I didn't expect that to happen. I was like, oh man, I was sort of just robbed myself of a kill. She killed herself. <laughs> It is like the I, in the theater, everyone erupted into laughter. I was like, "This, this like the like I don't remember laughing in Halloween, John Carpenter's Halloween." Nope. You know, and like the, having this sudden burst of laughter, that the rest of the film is you've just killed it there and then. Killed. Like you, it's so hard to get back into. Oh, I'm scared again of Michael. You know, and then we just end up. Uh, we're just getting. We're just rooting now for the gory, brutal slapstick kills yeah. that would that would follow like there's no build-up for any of the kills to make you care well the thing is the thing that gets me with this film is that like in any slasher film like all the fridays yeah. and you know uh and halloweens like you don't know that like that michael's in your house you don't know no, that no, you know no. you don't know until he's on you and it's too late like the boogeyman's got you yeah this film turns all that around entirely where Everybody knows that Michael's out there and everybody is hunting him down and they are armed with whatever they can get their hands on. So it's a complete difference. You know, so the mentality of these characters, like you can't just blame their stupidity because it's kind of, they're kind of ignorant. They don't know what's yeah, going yeah, on. Yeah, that's probably These yeah, ones yeah, are all very much aware of what's going on. And the things that they do are even more stupid. It yeah. just heightens the stupidity of these characters that makes it unbelievable and yeah. farcical almost. It, uh, and, and you start rooting for the killer, which I, I know is fun to do in a horror movie, but you shouldn't be. Well, the reason why I'm also rooting for the killer is because Laurie Strode spends the entire film in bed. Yeah. You know? Well, there's one bit where she, she gets up yeah. and gets injured. But and it's get also back the bed. fact that she doesn't share a single scene with Michael in this film. And, you know, you're like Halloween. You immediately think of Laurie Strode and Michael Myers mm. battling forever almost, you know. But they don't even meet in this film. No. It's just like... And so, like, so who is the protagonist? It's it's clearly Michael. He's on the cover of every bloody film. But, like, 
Is, I, mean, he can, I think it's Tommy Doyle, dude. It, but yeah, I, but that's it. I mean, it's probably Tommy Doyle, and he is one of the most unlikable characters in the film. Yeah. So it's an, it's another reason why so many people don't like this film, I think, is because Tommy Doyle is the protagonist, well, as much as, I'd say, Judy Greer's Karen is also a protagonist. Yeah. But then, and then a lot of people go, oh, you don't understand. The town of Haddonfield is the, char- the main character of the film. And I'm like, well... Yeah, there's I, no town in this movie. There's well, like four streets. There's like four streets, but they're like, well, it, it's about the whole mentality of everybody that lives in there all wanting now to get revenge on, on, on Michael. Because about 30 fucking minutes ago, half of them didn't remember Michael. Exactly! That's the, my point. It's just like, it's, it's such just a Tommy. It's just Tommy rooting We've got to kill him! We've got to kill him! Evil dies tonight! But evil dies tonight. This ends when Michael is dead! Evil dies tonight! Evil dies tonight! That's why you remember this film! Evil dies tonight! Evil dies tonight! Evil dies tonight! Evil dies tonight! Fuck you, Tommy! Evil dies tonight! I fucking hate this movie even more when the fact that somebody will fucking sit there and tell me that I'm not allowed to use Halloween 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, or 7, and 8 as reference towards this movie, but you're gonna use a fucking shot from that movie as a basis for the background of one of your characters. Fuck you, directors. You don't get to tell me what the fuck I can choose with my movies when you're gonna put the fucking evidence in front of me. <laughs> Sheriff Brackett's fucking daughter lying there. A shot from Halloween 2. The second fucking movie. Oh, but we're ignoring that. Well, then why put that shot in there? Oh, because we had to build up that his daughter died. I know his fucking daughter died. I watched the fucking movie. Oh yeah, but what about all those people who haven't watched Halloween 1? Right. They, 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 they don't need the shot. They don't need it. You can just tell them that Sheriff Brackett's died. Oh yeah, but we've got such a good shot from Halloween 2. No! No! So, the whole kind of premise in this hospital now is that Karen believes that they need to get security at the hospital. She's getting everyone into a frenzy as well, that Michael will be coming after her mother. Yes! After Laurie, at this hospital. But we also find out when they look, when I think it's uh, Lonnie Lonnie brings up a map and he's like, let's look at this. Michael and all of the the kills so far has been leading him home. Oh, he's not going home, is he? Not after 40 years! After 40 years, that's all he wants to do. Just go home. Like, maybe it would have been interesting if the hospital was in the path of, of Michael's home. Yeah. But no, no, no. And so uh, the other escaped patient yeah. uh, ends up in the hospital. Oh, man. Now, this, and he's asking for help. This is one character that I... This is one character out of the whole of this movie that I generally care for and hate everybody from Haddonfield because of this man. Yeah. And he's asking for help. Yeah. And, uh, and somebody goes... Hey, there's Michael Myers! Oh, it's Michael! Look. And, and you yeah, know, like wildfire. This, 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 this rumour spreads and everybody's all pitchforks and, and shotguns as they run around. Even the doctors are like, oh, let's get him! Why did they all go <laughs> to the hospital? Why did the whole of Haddonfield go to the hospital? Well, I understand a lot of people went there because they were looking for loved ones that never came home okay, from yeah, trick-or-treating. Yeah. There's lots of murders and stuff going on. Well, we, we don't know about... We only know about the murders that we've seen. Yeah. And there's been no reports of unreported murders um so i get you get that woman don't you oscar's mum she turns out that's not a bad shot where she walks past the morgue and she screams but you don't hear the sound when she sees her son's body yeah Yeah. i get that That was effective yeah Yeah, there's there's probably family i mean um there's there's a guy who's screaming he wants to see his brother i get that but there just seems to be hundreds of people at this hospital and when when well, then again, also Tommy Doyle is there, so oh, he's probably brought the he mob brought there. brought the mob there as yeah. well, and and they just lose control. This whole sequence, this this old man is is scared. He's terrified. He's been in a bus crash. He doesn't know where he is. You know, he, he's he's being attacked by pretty much every single person he's being seen, and he's chased around this hospital the whole time. The whole time they're screaming, chanting, "Evil dies tonight." They started saying it at the thirty-four minute mark. They were saying it at the forty three minute mark they were saying it at the fucking one hour 17 minute mark evil dies tonight they follow this poor old man all the way around and it's like like 
Karen, she's got her mum there, and her mum's like, it's not Michael, and she gets injured, so Laurie has to go back to bed. When she gets injured, she fucking, she fucking crotch shots that guy with her knee. <laughs> like, he goes fucking down, she goes down. Yeah. Um, and Karen sees the old man, and she realises it's not Michael. And she's trying to tell people. She's even trying to tell Tommy. And Tommy is just... Well, Tommy acknowledges it as well. But he's like, I can't do nothing now. Like, we can't do, do anything now. Work. He was literally running up the stairs two minutes before going, Evil dies tonight. Come on, everybody. Let's kill whoever this stranger is. Because obviously Michael Myers would willingly walk into a hospital with no mask and just wearing one gown being chased by people. Yeah, but these people don't know that either. But, uh, I mean, yeah, it's, it, the film is trying to say something about society. You know, we saw in America, the, like, the, you know, the, 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 riot, the riot at the White House kind yeah. of thing. And it's just like, yeah, it's so easy for, like, you know, for one thing to break and then this herd mentality, this yeah, mob. Yeah, but... The, the... She locks the man in a corridor. She locks two sets of doors and the mob comes up on both sides. Now, I know society is shit. I know a mob mentality can send people to do stupid things. But even the most stupidest fucking asshole would stop at the locked doors and go, Nah, that's one man in there on his own. We've got him locked. Let's call the police. No! Not these people, like I said, the, the, the writers have to put in a message about society, that society is uncontrollable and will just destroy everything that they're trying to create. And so they just start smashing all the fucking windows, bashing in the doors, and this old man, he just gets a fire hydrant, breaks the window, and kills himself. Yeah. Now, uh, if you also weren't quite clear what the message here was... Right. Sheriff Brackett, if you will. Now he's turning us into monsters. Ah, yeah, we, we're the monsters now. Ah. Oh. He, so Michael was innocent then, I guess. <laughs> Michael has turned us into the monsters. Oh, yeah. right, okay. <laughs> Everyone still got your guns, yeah? Because guess what? We're going to go for a mob beating. Yeah, because Michael's still out there. Let's go! So... I'm getting primed for this bit because I've been waiting to fucking rip this bit of fucking asshole for fucking months. And so I'm going to fucking go. If you don't want to hear some obscenities, I really, really politely suggest you turn this off now. All right? Because Lonnie, his son Cameron and Alison have all driven to Michael Myers' house. Which we know Big John and Little John are living in. And we already know that those fuckers are dead. And so Lonnie's like... You know what? I'm not entirely sure about you two coming in and giving me any backup trying to stop this serial psychopath. So I'm going to get you to wait in the car. And I'm going to go in the house on my own. Like a fucking idiot. And, and Alison even tries to fight the point of, look, no, you can't make me stay there. He's attacked my family. He's killed my dad. I, and Lonnie's like, no, you've got to stay here, okay? And so Lonnie gets out of the car and he, he gives a thumbs up at the house as he's walking in like, Hey everybody, it's okay, the door's unlocked and I can't hear anybody inside. Should have just shot him fuck himself when he walked in. Anyway, he walks in the door and Cameron and, uh, Cameron and Alison are sat there in the car and they hear a gunshot. Bang! Oh, oh my god, oh, he must be under attack, oh my god. Not many, <laughs> not screams, not shouts or help or, oh my god, Michael's here! They hear a gunshot. And instead of hitting the fucking steering wheel horn like they were supposed to, that Lonnie told them to do if they heard anything weird, they immediately jump out of the car and they run into the house. They don't see anything. They're like, oh, it's all quiet. And so Alison's walking around with her shotgun, you know, with all the years of tactical training she's had fucking, you know, using that fucking gun, they see a light in the cupboard. And they're like, oh, must be somebody in there. They open up the cupboard, blam! Could have been anything in there. Yeah, didn't even look. And But the thing is, she actually hit the target. <laughs> she, did. she hit the pumpkin. Like, why they had a pumpkin on the top shelf inside a cupboard? I, th I think if you look earlier in the film, there's no pumpkin in there. Oh. Which means that between Michael killing Big John and Little John, yeah. he put a carved pumpkin with a light in there. Michael must have done that. Michael. No, no one else could have done it. Michael did it. Yeah. <laughs> why? I don't so, know. So Cameron and... Um, Alison start making their way up the stairs and they walk into the study room and they see Big John and Little John dead. And Michael has taken the time to arrange their bodies in the same way as the photo that they had on the side. Because that's what Michael does, doesn't he? He kills people and arranges them in 
weird poses. Like Marion really liked swings, so he <laughs> stuck her up in the swings. <laughs> you know, the, the the doctor and the nurse, they really loved being together on the merry-go-round, so he stuck them on the merry-go-round. And Big John, Little John, well, he loved them so much, he's... He's put them in a nice little place. He hasn't crushed their skulls. He hasn't cut the body parts up like he did Fireman. No, he's just, just nice. Well, I guess Michael's just kind of happy that he's home now. Oh, yeah. So he yeah. doesn't really care anymore. He's like, yeah. yeah, I don't. I mean, it's his own home. He doesn't want to mess it up too badly. Now, Alison, seeing these two bodies is, uh, of these complete strangers that she's never met before, is overwhelmed with emotion. She immediately puts the shotgun down and disarms herself. But then she takes the time to take the knife out of the body of Little John, who I'd just like to point out was played by Steve the security guard from Austin Powers 1. So he's been killed by Mike Myers and Michael Myers. <laughs> and Cameron, with his gun and all of the years of training that he's had with um, firing it, decides that he's going to go look for his dad. And as he's walking around the top floor um, towards a cupboard, blood drips from above onto his hand. He looks up and there's his dad. Now... I have some major fucking problems with this fucking situation, for fuck's sake. How the fuck did somebody walk through a fucking house, make their way all the way up to the fucking attic, get their fucking head crushed by the fucking ladder that fucking goes up to the attic, right? And close it! And fire a shot! And then Michael climb all the way back down and get in a cupboard. How? This physically, logistically impossible. Like, he's looking, Lonnie is looking down from the attic into the bottom floor with his head crushed. So Michael must have pulled the ladder back up or pushed it up. So either way, Lonnie's head, like, only way I could think how this fucking works is if Lonnie was lured up into the attic by a noise. And while he was there... Michael's grabbed him, shoved his head down there, and then repeatedly pulled the ladder up constantly. We'd have heard the noise. We'd have heard the skull crushing. We'd have heard the banging. We, we heard the gunshot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the gunshots are pretty loud. Right, well, okay, yeah, yeah. But So he's pulled the ladder closed, yeah, caught it on the head, and gone, all right, here come the other two. So I'm going to climb out a window, down, into the first floor, into the cupboard, and I'm going to stand there. And wait <laughs> yeah and then of course when Allison finally gets the shotgun on him he, he just moves it out of the way so yeah you, 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 you can't you can't point blank him well you know? she, she takes the knife doesn't she she yeah. repeatedly stabs him in the gut but he just fucking takes yeah. it she gets she gets uh, thrown down the stairs down the and, stairs, uh, yeah. and yeah. Cam Cameron ends up, oh, oh, he, he gets it bad he, he gets did. it really bad he gets his head thrown through the banisters of the stairwell repeatedly yeah he gets stomped on he gets his head crushed between two posts yeah and then Michael kind of leaves him <laughs> kind of <laughs> kind of as he starts walking down the stairs and Allison's like come on and Michael's like, Nah, I'm just gonna twist your boyfriend's head around. <laughs> you spin me right round, baby, right? Yeah, yeah. So like, let's just establish. So like, the storyline is he's not related to Laurie. He's he in the first one he was wanting to kill Laurie. No, he wasn't. Oh no! John Carpenter's Halloween. No, 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 no. In 2018. No, in 2018, no, in 2018 he doesn't even know. He doesn't even know Laurie's still in Haddonfield. All right, so he's just lured there by the doctor. The doctor takes him there. The doctor yeah. takes him there. Like, the like Laurie spent 40 years. 40 years ago. 40 years ago. Infected your family. He's infected my family with grief and fear for 40 years. Because 40 years ago, when I was a kid, yep. you protected me. I remember him from 40 years ago. Evil dies tonight. Waiting for Michael to come and get her, but Michael didn't really give no. two shits about her whatsoever. Yeah. And he would never have left that mental issues if they hadn't moved him by a van or given him his mask back. Yeah. And so he doesn't even he doesn't even know Laurie's in the hospital. He doesn't care that she's there either. Does it? So I mean, he just wants one, to go home. He just in this one he just wants to go home and he's just killing anybody in his way. And he confronts Allison at the bottom of the stairs. I mean, I did like that shot where he's walking down yeah. the stairs, very much like the first movie. Um and then Karen comes behind him with a pitchfork from the front of the house and jams it into his back. Yeah, get him, Karen. Come on, you're, like, you're one of the few remaining characters I'm actually rooting for. I didn't really care for your character in the first film too much, but I don't know, something happened. 
between the two movies where I like she I think it's because she has she's the most sane person I think in the film or the one that's actually trying to do something and is not a complete idiot and she does manage hey. to, to get in the upper hand on Michael here she's a fucking idiot at this point she takes his mask off of him yeah and lures him yeah so she saves her daughter by doing this oh, oh yeah uh, oh yeah don't don't get me wrong saving her daughter saving her mum she lures Michael into a trap she literally lures him from his street to the next street. Yeah. She could have been setting up anything. They could have set up a giant cage. They could have set up tasers. They could have set up sharpshooters. I mean, one of the cops even said in the hospital, oh yeah, we're looking for additional policemen from this county and this county, but we're unconfirmed if they're coming or not. I'm like, no, those guys would be fucking jumping in their car on their way if they knew there was a bunch of dead fucking cops and fire teams here. So you should have the fucking National Guard. The FBI aren't even fucking here. If I understand one thing about Lord, like I've learned from X-Files, is every time the cops turn up, yeah, the fucking FBI were there. The FBI's not here. There should be at least a fucking SWAT team armored up with fucking guns and shit. Nah, nah, nah. She lures him to the middle of the street, drops his mask there, and there's Tommy and the people of Haddonfield. Another message on society. Getting together as one, trying to defeat the fucking evil. How far it gets them, Gary? How far does it fucking get them? Oh, they do pretty good. They beat the shit out of Michael. They beat the shit out of him. No, and then don't. Karen even sticks the knife in his back. He's done. Dead. No. No. No, he's not. No, he's not. No, they, they, they beat him down. Oh, yeah. They shoot him blank range. Oh, fucking hell. That motherfucker get back up. And while yeah. he's getting back up, we cut back. And... I was looking forward to this sequence when I was when I was told about it. Oh, Ian, you're going to love the sequence in Halloween Kills. What? Oh, there's a bit where he just fucking kills a bunch of the townsfolk. I'm like, really? Oh, yeah. It's all on screen, man. It's fucking gory. I'm like, oh, my God. It's going to be good. But that's because the, 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 the mob queue up in a single file yeah. to, fight, to fight Michael one after the other. It's like, what? Tommy stands it's, there watching the mob. It's montage where it's just Michael. I'm going to slice that guy. Oh. Stab that guy. Ooh, <laughs> you know. Laurie's <laughs> like, you have to understand that you cannot defeat evil just by with brute force. Every time Michael kills, he transcends and he becomes something more. Laurie, uh, no, you can't say that. We don't have seven or eight movies to fall back on that Michael has survived. We literally have... One, two, now, uh, push, yeah. two. Because technically, this is now the third movie of yeah. the trilogy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. What? Technically, <laughs> the third movie of the trilogy. Um, like he killed only three or four people in the first movie. Killed a few in the in twenty eighteen that we're not entirely sure. And he's definitely killed a bunch in this one. Well, apparently, I think he kills thirty one people in this film. Oh, as that, a that... play on. The more he kills, the more he transcends into something else, impossible to defeat. He can't heal. He's not Logan, okay? He's not Wolverine. He's not, he's not supernatural. He's not Conor McLeod. He can't, <laughs> he can't take five or six gut shots with a large knife and just walk it off. Oh, but he can. <laughs> because he's transcendent. <gasps> Fear. People are afraid. That is the true curse of Michael. You can't defeat it with brute force. Like, oh man, we really needed a Dr. Loomis in this film, didn't we? It's so badly Because then they can give all the corny, weird dialogue to, to the crazy doctor. Oh, that, you know? That's what made me think, because I was trying to think with 2018, if this is following on from Halloween 1, why people didn't back up Loomis? Like, what, what am I missing from 2018 that they didn't... Like, Sartin was working with Loomis, wasn't he? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And Loomis but, passed. But and... Loomis was just like, oh, yeah. But they were like, oh, we're just not going to believe him. Of what about Michael? It's like... <laughs> but Halloween Kills emphasises that Loomis was all ready to kill Michael. That Michael was yeah. evil and it was the people of Adamfield's fault for letting him live. Yeah. 
Oh, but Laurie's fucking walking around blaming herself because it's her fault that Michael came after her. <laughs> no, Gary's just explained it. Michael don't give two shits about her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so who's guilty in this movie? I don't know. But I, I would say it does seem like he absolutely wants some kind of revenge at the end of this film because this is where it gets a little bit weird. Like, Michael has now just massacred the entire mob out there, right? Yeah, yeah. But then all of a sudden Karen still wanders up into the Myers house and stands in that spot looking out in, in what was it, Judith's room? Yeah, Judith's room's looking out the mirror. Yeah, window so, again. and it, it's Why? literally setting up the very original. And yeah, and Michael appears behind her. Yeah. And brutally, violently slashes away. Now, some people have said that the editing here is really jarring. It is. It's really horrible. It is. But apparently it was an homage to Psycho. And the, yeah, the quick edits that. of the shower sequence, also paying tribute to Jamie Lee Curtis, whose mother was the victim in that scene. Right, okay. And now it's her daughter who's being killed in the similar way. What? What? That's just why? <laughs> why do all that? For me, it's just like, how did Michael right? He was just killed everybody. Also, and get into this house when there's police everywhere. And, and... well, I mean, he can. He, he, Michael does that, doesn't he? Yeah, like yeah, he yeah. can move like a ninja and be invisible and stuff. But like he that. does. We only see him walking really such... slowly, like. He's it's in such, his near 70s. Yeah. He's just killed all these people, taken some fucking huge woundings from them, and decided, oh, I'm going to go back to my house. Yeah. No one will find me there. Oh, she's in my sister's bedroom, and because I'm a psychopath, I mistake her for my sister, so I just kill her again. Nobody outside runs in and shoots me. Well, I think, I think he was angry at her as well, because she... You know, called herself like right, like right, the right. sister. Right. But he, she also helped defeat him in the previous film. She also dismasked him in this film. Right, but none of the people from outside rush in. No. To to stop him. Well, no. I mean, well, we still get enough time for uh, uh, for for Michael to answer a, a mobile phone call. Yeah. From from Laurie in the hospital, and of course he just breathes down the receiver. <laughs> I mean, that is part of the deleted scenes. Um, which were added, and I definitely and I watched it on the unrated, and Gary watched the unrated sequence for this review. Though when we when you went first and originally saw it in the cinema, that was not yeah, the ending. That, yeah, exactly. The, the 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 ending I saw in the theater left me really kind of like up, uh, annoyed, mm. disappointed, mm. underwhelmed. Yet watching Laurie drop the phone, grab the knife that was wrapped up in her torn clothing from mm. the previous film, yeah. and just her determination as she walks down that hospital corridor ready to go and shank Michael until it's over or until she dies herself. Like, nothing left to lose now that she's lost her daughter. Yeah. Even though her granddaughter's still out there somewhere. She's somewhere out there, yeah. Uh, yeah, it just, it just at least felt like, oh, so... But the, but the film's still ending there. I'm still just like... Uh, <sighs> yeah. So like, it's like everything that they wanted to do for a sequel... Just feels like they've just delayed it to the third movie, yeah. and so it's like so we this film just feels like padding in in its entirety, where nothing of real substantial value happens. So what yeah. we're left with is just a bunch of mean spirited, gory, graphic, violent kills, which I'm I'm okay with. It's a horror movie, but it's, but it's, it's got, a slasher movie, but it's got no part. No, it doesn't. It's, it's got no. It's because it's, our main protagonist, no, which is Laurie. Yeah. Like, even if you discount all the other films, it doesn't matter. If you're a Halloween fan, you've seen them all. You, it, you can't just remove them from your head. You know it's there. So when you're seeing Laurie Strode, you still have all of those images in your head of what she's capable of. And just to see her spend the whole film in a hospital bed, like even in Halloween 2, John Carpenter's, she has more urgency in yeah, that film. Yeah, she does. You know, and this, she just gets to lay there and chat to her old friend who's just like, oh man, I wish I made it with you. Yeah, oh God, I can't believe we never got together. Oh. Yeah, it's just, I, yeah. I really want to ask, who who thought Anthony Michael Hall was a good Tommy Jarvis? Tommy Doyle. Tommy Jarvis. Tommy Doyle. Yeah. Tommy fucking... <laughs> yeah, Tommy Jarvis. Yeah, he's not. Yeah, he's not Tommy Jarvis. <laughs> he's a Tommy Doyle. But, like, why him? Out of any actor that you could get to portray the older version of Tommy, why Anthony Michael Hall? I'm only assuming that somebody somewhere was friends with him and went, hey, I'll get you a part. You'll yeah. love this. Oh, you're a Halloween fan. I'd love to get you in there. But every time I ever think about this film, all I fucking hear is evil dies tonight. Evil dies tonight! It's pointless, but you slap it on everything there for the audience to get brought into it, and then you just give them a cup of vomit. Well, well Lynn, do you have any favourite or, or even memorable scenes, or even scenes that you hated the most that you'd like to finally uh, bring up? You know what? 
I tried, I really did try to write favourite sequences down in this film because I, I did I did honestly think there were going to be a couple of sequences that I would enjoy. But the film is such a cesspool of shit. I just... I sometimes get really annoyed when people go, this movie is shit, and they won't give any definition of why the movie is shit. Well, I'm going to give you definitions of why this movie is shit instead of my favourite scenes. This movie is shit because it just sets up a bunch of fucking characters to get killed. To get killed by a masked killer who has been dead for 40 years. He has had no supernatural powers. He's got barely any backstory left. He's got no real saving graces for reasons of why they should continue to make more movies in this franchise. The only reason I still love watching these movies is because I have always watched these movies. And primarily, I always kind of hope that something will get better. Like, I'll come along and go, hey, that one's not bad. But I've just waded through five or six movies of shit to get here. And this was not it. I will not be going to see the new Halloween movie in the cinema. But as a stupid idiot, I will be buying it on DVD. And I will be fucking making sure that I approach it with a clean mind and an openness to Take what they give me and analyze it and compare it to everything that I have had before. Okay? I, I'm just warning everybody out there. There is nothing good in this film. Evil does not die tonight. And I <coughs> wash my hands of it. I, I got some favorite scenes. Okay. <laughs> I, I really like the flashback inserts. I thought they were really cool. Mm -hmm. uh, I loved the, uh, the the filter that they used, uh, the camera work. I thought that was really, really effective at creating what felt like an extension of Carpenter's movie. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I loved the firefighter massacre. I thought that was visually stunning to watch, especially watching Michael emerging out of that burning fire, almost in slow motion, and, and, and him just canvassing all of his targets because mm -hmm. he knows he's got to get through them to get out to get home uh that was a great 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 moment for me yeah she shoots herself in the head like it is the f i think i think uh, last year there was the funniest thing i saw in a movie all year i think it was absolutely hilarious and it still is now let's watch it again Uh, there was a nice little Easter egg that I liked. Uh, is that when they find the bodies in the park and uh, they've all got the Halloween 3 masks on. The witch, the skull, the pumpkin head. The eye gouging I thought was pretty horrific. Some mm. great special effects there. And Karen. I actually really liked all of the scenes with Karen. I thought she was really... Judy Greer was really effective in this film. Uh, she really came into her own and that is why I'm also kind of disappointed that she was the one to get killed at the film's climax. I understand it's to set up what's coming next, but I kind of liked her. I partially think that she asked for a release as well. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ian, hi. do you recommend Halloween Kills? No. Oh. Um, I still stand by what I said many, many moons ago when we did the first series of Halloween movies. And I still can't believe we're still doing it fucking like eight, ten years later. <laughs> We've still got more to go. Halloween 1 and 2. Uh, John Carpenter's Halloween and Halloween 2 are the best films in the franchise. Uh, everything else is just um, corporate cash grab. Uh, I know Halloween 2018 had some really good ideas. And on some level, it does work. But they dropped the ball massively with Halloween Kills. And I am really concerned that they don't... I don't think that they can pick it up again for Halloween 3 or Halloween ends, or whatever it is. And so you're literally gonna have Halloween 2018. And so once again, Michael dying in fire is where I will leave the films. Like I said, I will buy the third one on DVD because I'm a fucking idiot. I bought Welcome to Raccoon City. I might as well buy that as well. Um, and, I, and I will watch it. Yeah. And, I, and I will review and I will talk to it about my friends. Um, but I want everybody to understand that as I've been following the series since the beginning, I have watched every single fucking movie. I follow Michael Myers and compare him to every single Halloween or Halloween character, killer, serial killer out there. That if I tell you it's shit, it's shit. Yeah, I'm not really going to be recommending Halloween Kills <laughs> as... I really just don't care for it. This no. sequel feels entirely like 
adding. Narratively speaking, nothing really happens. Legacy characters with returning actors sounded great until you realise how underused they all are. Yes. It was underwhelming. They felt wasted. Even the Strode family, who have very little to do here. Hell, Laurie doesn't even have a single scene with Michael. The returning cast, mixed in with new characters, are only here to be slaughtered in brutal fashion. And the effects and gore are fantastic. Bloody, realistic, and they kill savage, and sometimes funny. <laughs> I really like the 78 flashbacks, some great visual effects and makeup uh, to almost convince that they found old, unused footage. The music by John Carpenter and Cody and company was awesome. Great remix of the theme. The cinematography in this was also stunning. Great composition, lighting, camera angles and movement. Michael Myers really looks the best, in my opinion, that I've ever seen in the franchise. For me, though, it's the jumbled themes of the mob mentality, yep. the disconnected characters, stupid character decisions and story choices just entirely ruined the film for me and although it has plenty of thrills it still felt hollow delaying the story into a third part halloween ends i still think that this is better than a fair few of the halloween films in terms of production quality mm -hmm. so for me it's just average it's worth watching for horror fans but ultimately i'd pass as evil did not die tonight <laughs> Thanks for watching Off The Shelf Reviews. Evil dies tonight!